Welcome to Thrive Through Marketing, the only organic content marketing podcast for mental wellness companies. You have a mission to impact the world, and I have a mission to help you do that, all while increasing revenue, creating a new stream of customers, and reaching people before they even know they need you. With more than a decade of experience in organic content marketing and a deep passion and respect for mental wellness, there's one thing I know for sure. When you thrive, your customers thrive. That's why I'm here to deliver strategies, ideas, insights, and interviews from storytelling and analytics to practical steps and high-level vision. We cover it all. So if you're ready to leverage the power of organic content marketing, let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Thrive Through Marketing. Today, we are talking about content creation. And when I say content creation, I mean for your blog, for YouTube, for social media, really wherever you're creating content, because content is such a, like includes such a wide range of mediums um, this day and age. So I'm talking about really any area in which you're creating content. And what I want to talk about is how you can create content for your niche and why it's so important, especially in the mental health space. So let me start with a few stats. And I'm going to kind of read this off my computer. So the Global Wellness Institute found that mental wellness is a $121 billion market as of November 2020. And McKinsey, excuse me, suggests that the $1.5 trillion wellness industry is only growing. McKinsey also reported about a survey of about 7,500 consumers across six countries. In that survey, they found that 79% of respondents said they believe that wellness is important and 42% considered a top priority. Consumers in every market they researched reported a substantial increase in the prioritization of wellness over the past two to three years. So just to set the scene, you as a wellness or mental wellness or mental health company, you are in demand. This is very good. This is very exciting. But what it also means is that that there are a lot of you out there. This market is exploding. It has exploded since it was already, there was a lot more focus on mental wellness and mental mental health in the last decade. But since COVID, it's just everywhere. And so that means that you need to find a way to stand out outside of your product or service because even if you have a unique product or service, there is likely at least a few people, companies, brands that do something very similar to you that you're competing against. Content is what can set you apart. And this is why it's so important to really get hyper-focused on your niche when you're creating content. This is especially important for you in the wellness or mental wellness space for a couple reasons. One, it's really easy in this space to just educate, to just educate generally, because there's so much to share, so many ideas, so many topics to dig into that it can be really easy to just skim the surface of your area of focus or general mental health or mental wellness. So one, 
It's really easy to do that, but anyone can do that. So we want to make sure that you are creating content that is hyper-specific to your audience, not just general, because everyone's creating that content. Everyone's sharing that. You're never going to stand out if you're just saying the same thing that everyone else is saying. And I know you know that, but this is the reminder to look at your content and say, is this unique to what we bring to the world? Does this have our unique perspective on it? Does this have our unique branding and voice in it? So even if you are sharing maybe something more general that you're sharing it from your point of view, but I do want you to take it a step further and consider, okay, here's this general topic of uh, work-life balance, but what does our specific audience want to know about work-life balance? We don't want just five general tips. Maybe your specific audience is the new mom who is struggling to find that balance, but her struggle is different than the struggle of a single millennial or a married man who doesn't have children. So what does that specific person want to know about work-life balance? This is key to really standing out and not just standing out, but actually reaching the people who need to need what you have to offer, need your product, need your service offering. You're only going to get in front of them if you're speaking their language. If you try to reach everyone, you're going to actually connect with no one because you just get lost in a sea of everyone saying the same thing over and over. The second reason why it's really important to do this in your particular space is because mental wellness, our health, our Our mental health is so personal. And so we need to, as creators in this space, we need to take that seriously and really think, how can we create content that really honors the person who needs what we have to offer, who makes sure that they feel seen and heard and welcomed and invited in this space? Because creating surface content doesn't do that. Creating the same old educational content that's saying the same thing over and over again doesn't connect and it doesn't welcome and it doesn't really make someone feel seen and heard. You want to be speaking their language and you want to be speaking to their specific needs so that they can say that and be like, wow, I really needed to hear that today. What are these people doing on Instagram? Let me go follow them. And then hopefully they get into your sphere, into your community They get a sense for what you do and become a customer or client or user down the road. The question is, how do you create this content? This is what I help clients do, of course, but I want to give you some general tips that you can use to start getting more intentional with creating content hyper-specific to your niche. So the first is, Knowing your ideal customer, and I know this sounds obvious, but don't hit stop yet. Don't leave the podcast episode yet because I'm willing to bet you're not creating content about this person. And you also might not know them as deeply as you think. And there's actually this exercise that I run my clients through to get to know themselves. But I think it's a really fun exercise to get to know your ideal audience, which is called the dinner party exercise. So what you would do is if your ideal user client customer is going to a dinner party, who are they at that dinner party? What do they say? What do they talk about? 
Who do they gravitate toward? What are they wearing? What do they sound like? What do they look like? This is a really fun exercise to really get to know your ideal client outside of trying to think of it as like a, an avatar or a persona. This is obviously getting us to that same space, but it's allowing you to sort of like step into an experience with them rather than just seeing them as a floating head on your slide deck that you use to sell your product or get new investors. So really getting into this scene with your ideal client or customer. What are they like at a dinner party? Who are they? And using that to really get more into who they are and really knowing them and then creating content around that. Like what would they talk about? Maybe what they would talk about ends up helping you come up with five different social media posts and three different blog posts. So really digging in and having fun with this exercise. That's the most important piece is this gets like, I feel like creating a persona or creating an avatar can feel very, I don't know, robotic, boring. (laughs) This is a way to have a little bit more fun with that same type of thing. And in the end, really feeling like you get to know this person rather than this like idea of who it might be. The second tip or suggestion I have for you is to choose your channels wisely. So for example, everybody's talking about TikTok right now. And people who have done really well on TikTok say, you've got to be there. You've got to be there. Here's how to do it. Here's how to go viral. Like any social platform, like any marketing platform you choose to be on, the first question is, are our potential ideal clients actually there? So for example, with TikTok, the average age of TikTok users is 18 to 24. That's according to Oberlo. I don't know how you pronounce their name. Oberlo? Oberlo? Hopefully you know what I mean. So if this fits your ideal client, then that's great. And let's maybe consider how TikTok can be a valuable content um, content platform for you. But if not, you need to reconsider. Like I was talking to a client recently and she sells, or a potential client, and she sells high-end olive oil. And she's like, you know, we've been talking about TikTok, but I'm like, do people on TikTok really buy high-end olive oil? Like did, you know, people in their twenties. And it's like, "Mm, maybe, but like, you know, your ideal customer is actually in their late forties and fifties. So mm, there's a good chance you're not really going to succeed in your actual business goal there, which is to sell more olive oil. Maybe you would, but the data tells us that it might be better to place your focus elsewhere. So in terms of creating content for your niche audience, we want to also be thinking about the platform where you're creating that content. Third one is one of the most important, and we sort of touched on it earlier, which is get personal and more than that, tell stories. So this could look like if you are a team, this could look like sharing personal stories from your team on social media or blog posts, or maybe doing videos from your CEO who shares about their specific mission and more importantly, storytells around how they're connected to that mission, how they were once in the shoes of your ideal customer or user, really giving that connection point. I always remind my clients, stories give people something to connect with. People don't work. Our modern consumer doesn't choose a brand for one particular reason. 
while let's say money is a motivating factor, um, maybe who friends say, what friends say, what brands they recommend, but that connection, especially nowadays, more and more data is coming out saying that consumers care about brands that they connect with that stand for the same things that they the stand for the same things they stand for. So it's mission critical now that you lean into this idea of really connecting through personal stories. And you can do that with a large team. You can be a large team with a single mission and, and still tell stories. You don't have to be a solopreneur only sharing from their point of view. In fact, it's actually a strength if you have if you tell stories from different team members because one particular story is going to connect with maybe one portion of your audience while someone else's story is going to connect with another portion of your audience. So bringing all of those voices to the forefront is actually going to be an incredible benefit for you versus being like a solopreneur who's really just telling stories from their one experience or their one life. And you've got to find ways to do this. And I think that's the biggest piece with larger teams is creating content that includes everyone that feels very inclusive of the whole team can be challenging to figure out. And that's something that I work with clients on is how to create a workflow, a process to actually make sure that we're bringing all those voices to the table so that we can make sure that everyone in our audience feels heard, feels seen, feels most importantly represented. Even big brands like Starbucks, I've seen, um, and Etsy, uh, those are the two that are coming to mind, um, have done this quite a bit where they share stories of their employees. And that representation is everything, especially in the mental wellness and mental health space right now. The final tip I have for you is to use keyword research in terms of blog content to narrow down your topics. And make sure that you actually know what that ideal customer is searching for. So let's say you do the the dinner party exercise based on your many years of experience in the field. You really know your customer. You really know your client. Keyword research in terms of creating blog content is that last piece to really verify what they're actually searching for. So you know what they want, but how are they searching for it? What queries are they actually using to find what they want to find? For example, you might think that they're searching, let's say, um, journal prompts for self-love. But maybe they're maybe that's not actually being searched. You you research that, you check that keyword, and turns out there's actually really low volume. And on the other side, there's actually really high competition. So it's absolutely not worth your time to create that content. So instead, you play around with it and you say, well, we know we want to share about this. We know our customers care about this, but how can we make sure that we create content that they care about, but that also we can rank in Google for, and we know that they're actually searching for. So maybe what they're really searching for is um, journal ideas for self-talk. Guys, I'm just really completely making this up right now, but another version of what you're talking about. So then we look at that keyword and we say, oh, great. That has high search volume and low competition. So we know that not only is does it match what we know of our ideal client or customer or user, but we also know that there are people out there that are actually searching for this. 
And then you can back that by looking at, depending on the tool you use, you can back that by looking at who's currently ranking for this term. Are they our competitors? Are they similar to us? And are those pages actually getting traffic? So are people searching this and in fact, clicking through? All of these things validate whether or not you want to write that piece of content. And keyword research in this way really allows you also to create that specific niche content. Because if you're looking up keywords that are too broad, you're going to find that even if they have a high search volume, they might have crazy high competition. That means it's too broad. We want to narrow down. For example, when we were talking earlier about work-life balance, the keyword work-life balance, I, I can already tell you right now, it's going to probably have a couple thousand monthly searches in the US and more than that globally. But the competition, I guarantee, is unrealistic for you to ever consider ranking in Google for it. So instead, we want to think like work-life balance for moms, work-life balance new moms, how to balance work and motherhood. We want to search these other keywords so that we're A, being able to rank in Google, you know, getting our SEO right from a foundational standpoint with our keyword, but we're also creating the content that really actually matters to our ideal client so that they read it, they connect with it, and then they want to learn more about your brand or they want to follow you on social media. You have to think about this, your blog content, especially as being a potential first touch point. And so you want to make sure that every piece you put out there actually connects with them, speaks to them in some way. So it's on your blog as well, where we really want to avoid that just like general content, because that's not Sure, maybe it solves their problem, but does it speak with them or connect with them in a way that makes them want to learn more about what you have to offer or want to follow you on social media? Probably not because you sound like every other person out there on the internet who's writing about these topics. So we want to get really niche and focused in on what they want so that you can then sort of attract them into your sphere and show them, I know you, we know you, we see you if you're a larger company or brand. And we want you here with us. So if you're creating content, which let's be honest, every brand, every company right now is creating content in some way. I want you to really take a hard look at whether you need to get more niche and more focused. And if you're struggling to see any engagement or success with your content, consider that this is a reason why. If you are not connecting with your audience on their specific needs, you're going to be easily overlooked. You're going to easily fade into the background against your competitors or with your competitors. You want to stand out. You want to get ahead of them, be in front of them. And this is one of the most powerful ways to do it because we live in such a content-heavy world right now. So much is being consumed. So consumers are getting really particular about the brands that they connect with and the people they follow. I can tell you right now, I don't follow very many people on social media. I really only click follow if I really like what you have to say. So I want you to be that person that someone says, I really like what they're saying and I connect with it. So I'm going to follow them versus, no, this was fine, but there's a million other brands out there like that. And I already follow them. So whatever you want to really encourage them to take that action by creating the content that they can't live without. 
I hope this was helpful for you. I love talking about this. If you can't tell, if you're looking for support in content creation, in figuring out how you can use it to actually get more customers and clients and users through your door, talk to me, go to jessicathiefels.com, DM me on Instagram or LinkedIn. I'm the only Jessica Thiefels you will find if you search Jessica Thiefels on Google. So check me out and shoot me a message if you want to know how I can help you make all of this happen and help you actually start seeing some results from all that content that you're creating already. Thanks for tuning in and I'll catch you on another episode of Thrive Through Marketing.